Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. Are you ready to change your life? Well, this is the place, Self-Brain Surgery School. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and this is where we go deep into how we're wired, take control of our thinking, and find real hope. This is where we learn to become healthier, feel better, and be happier. This is where we leave the past behind and transform our minds. This is where we start today. Are you ready? This is your podcast. This is your place. This is your time, my friend. Let's get after it. Friend, we're back here. It's another beautiful Sunday afternoon on the North Platte River in Nebraska, and I am sitting here with my main man, Dennis McDonald, and that can only mean one thing. It's Tuesdays with Tata. How's it going, Tata? I am do- I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great, and I'm excited about this talk. You know, we've been almost 100 episodes now of Tuesdays with Tata, which would qualify it to have been a whole season of the podcast all by itself. I think this is 96 or something. We've done some re-releases and stuff, but I think it's in the 90s of new Tuesdays with Tata episodes. And you've got quite a following, by the way, in Eastern Europe and all over the place, <laughs> Tata. There was always a little spike in Tuesdays with Tata episodes when they dropped. But I was just thinking, we've talked about Ezekiel and Daniel and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Hosea. Yes. And probably some other prophets. Yes. We never talked about Jonah. No. We need to, and that's what we, hopefully that's what we can talk about today. We're going to talk about Jonah today. So <laughs> let's get after it. What do you have to say about Jonah? Well, about? first of all, the, the, Jonah is a little book, and it's right after Hosea. So if you, if you, if you if marked your Bible for Hosea, it's right after Joel and Amos and Obadiah and then Jonah. Yep. But the, the, the thing that, and I, I want to read the first verse of Jonah. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of of Amorite, and, and, and saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, this, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. Yeah. So, so God, was, God knew how bad they were. And so stop right there and just, just consider what happened. We know what Jonah did next. Yeah. But why didn't he say, Wait a minute, Lord. You want me to go where? Yeah. You want me to go to Nineveh? You know what the Syrians are doing. Nineveh, and, and so you know, just so you know, Nineveh was the capital city of of, uh, of that, that area of, of the Syrian the empire, and so they were very warlike and they were very conquest uh, minded. Yeah. And they were very hard people. They were very evil people, but the evil had come up before God, and He wanted to send Jonah down there. But Jonah didn't even say a word. He just got out of town. That's right. He left. He, got, he, he went down to Joppa and got on a ship going to Torses and he, he paid his passage and, and he just, he went the other way. He thought he was avoiding the presence of God. He thought he was going to be able to avoid God's assignment for him. Well, I'm sure we're going to get into why you think Jonah may have done that. But I just want to tell the, re- the listeners here, there's a great book <clears throat> about the little book of Jonah. It's funny, when people try to write about biblical <laughs> books, you can write a 300-page book yeah. about a four-chapter book in the Old Testament. That's right. That's how much depth there is in the Word of God. But Timothy Keller, the late Timothy Keller, of course we lost him last year, this year, um, wrote The Prodigal Prophet, Jonah and the Mystery of God's Mercy. Yeah. 
and it's a beautiful book. Uh, well, and there's many things. There's beyond that. There's, there's there, we can see evidence of missions work. Yeah. Because uh, he was sending Jonah into into the mouth of the lion, so to speak. That's right. And Jonah did not go. That's right. But and also we're talking about foreign missions. In, yeah. In, and we're talking about other pieces of it that we'll get to as we go forward. But yeah. um, it's always been interesting to me that Jonah made that decision. Yeah. And I think he made that decision because he had seen what was happening. And he, he saw that the Assyrians were very warlike and they were very, the people from Nineveh were very, they were very brutal in their approach and they were land grabbers. Yeah. They, so they were taking back what they thought was theirs. That's right. But, 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 Think about think about that posture. It's it's like Jonah was saying, "I know better than you do, God. I know what's best." Yeah. And so he he was deciding that he was not going to go. But anyway, they he went down and got on the ship, and and when the ship went became got in trouble because they were in the midst of a violent storm, and the fact that the sailors were so concerned, they were throwing the cargo overboard. Yeah, and they were so concerned about, and they were calling out to their own gods because they thought they were going to die. So it must have been a very violent storm. That's right. And and God sent that storm. And it's very evident because the, the writer tells us that God sent the storm. And in the middle of that storm, Jonah was down in the in in the in the hole of the ship asleep. Yeah. And while all of the sailors were calling out to their gods, the captain went down and woke him up. Yeah. Said, "What are you doing down here asleep? Call out to your gods so we'll be spared. Yeah. So we won't be killed. We won't drown." And and we don't know. I guess I, we don't know what happened after that. We know that apparently the sailors were casting lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Yeah. It was his fault. Whose fault is it? Yep. It's yeah. It's Jonah's fault. And, and so they had a litany of questions. Who are you? Where'd you come from? And this, and this is what is so mysterious to me is that Jonah admitted, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Most High God. Yeah. And he was not worshiping the Most High God. That's right. But yet he was claiming God. Yeah. And he was claiming God's leadership. Yeah. And so the sailors were beside themselves with knowing, wondering what to do to prevent this storm, to change, change the mind. And so many things happened. They, the sailors started rowing, but they couldn't make any progress back to the land. Yeah. Because it's, and the storm even got worse. Yeah. And, and Jonah told them, said, well, the only way you're going to save yourself is just throw me overboard. That's right. So did he repent? Did he change his mind? We don't know yet. No, we don't know yet. But we know we know what happened because they, uh, the sailors <clears throat> took hold of him and threw him overboard. And, and, but the Lord prepared a giant fish. That's right. And a lot of cases people talk about it, it had to be a whale. Yeah, but the Bible never says it was a whale. So it, it was, was a great big fish. There's an interesting, there's an interesting uh, a little aside here. Jonah was willing to die to save these sailors yes because he felt bad that they were going to perish because yes. of his disobedience but he so hated the Ninevites that he wasn't willing to go there for God to save them that's right that's interesting yes it is and that, that's that's what I meant when I said there's so many lessons 
here that we could spend a, we could spend a, all day, we could spend a lifetime That's looking right. at what happened to this man, a man of God. God spoke to him. Yep. And, and if you look at then, then when, when Jonah was in the, in the belly of the fish, he, he, he prayed to God. And if you look at his prayer and read about it and meditate on it, it sounds so much like the Psalms. He's calling out to God yep. to save him. And he's, he's, he's calling out for God for mercy. Now here he is, and, and, I'm, and thank the Lord that he has recognized that, that all of this is his fault because he didn't go. But you're right. He still had not changed his mind. That's right. Or at least his heart. Yeah. yeah. Ah, his heart was stone, that's, that's, that's for right. sure. Because he was thinking all along, okay, the Ninevites are going to get what they deserve. That's right. He wants them to suffer. This has a lot to say about how we view God's mercy when it applies to other people. Because no matter how much we might say on the surface that, that, that it's otherwise, I think most of us have a hard time sometimes understanding how God could want to forgive those people. Yes. I, I'm putting yeah, air quotes right. around the word those. Yeah. Like, There's always a group. Yeah. Maybe, it's, maybe it's terrorists. Maybe it's yeah. somebody on the opposite end of the political spectrum. Or maybe spectrum. it's Jeffrey Dahmer who went to heaven. Yeah, yeah. it's a murderer who becomes a Christian in prison and people doubt his sincerity or wish that he, yeah. surely God couldn't forgive that cannibal. Like, like, you know, what if we found out that Adolf Hitler confessed and was <laughs> baptized right before he died? Like, yeah. Would people have a hard time with that? Yeah, like, right. Of course they would. We all would. <laughs> And so I think Jonah's story here, it's, it's easy to say, wow, he was terrible. He didn't want to go take care of those Ninevites. But all of us need to look at the story as a metaphor for are there places in our life where we wouldn't be so happy if God said, hey, go forgive your ex or go forgive yeah, right. this person who doesn't vote like you do. Well, he's, God is, and Jesus has already said that. Yep. Have we accepted it? Maybe not. Maybe not on all levels That's or right. every case. Um, and maybe we've hardened our heart too. Yeah. But, and, and maybe somewhere in our heart we may have said, okay, they're going to get what they deserve. That's right. They're going to go to hell. That's right. Good for them. Yeah. But is that the right attitude? Because mm-hmm. what did Jesus say? Love, love one another. Yeah. And be merciful. Love your enemy. That's yeah. right. Timothy Keller, this is a good paragraph I'll give you. Keller said, the careful structure of the book reveals nuances of the author's message. Both episodes, so two episodes, him refusing to go and then him finally going. (laughs) Both episodes show how Jonah, a staunch religious believer, regards and relates to people who are racially and religiously different from him. The book of Jonah yields many insights about God's love for societies and people beyond the community of believers. Because God cared about the Ninevites. He wanted them to repent so he wouldn't have to destroy them. That's right about his opposition to toxic nationalism and disdain for other races and about how to be in mission in the world despite the subtle and unavoidable power of idolatry in our own lives and That's hearts. Right. Well, I, and I think, I think often, and you and I talked about this the other day, about Elizabeth Elliot yeah. and, and her husband Jim Elliot. The, the very people that he went to help killed him. And That's she right. went back and tried to help them as well. He did. And that is so stunning because all they were going, all, all that Jim Elliot wanted them to know was that Jesus loves you. That's right. And Jesus cares about you. He died for you. Yeah. And they killed him because, and why they did, I don't know. 
Because maybe he was, they considered him to be an intruder. Yep. And maybe they considered, considered him to be a false prophet. But anyway, back to Jonah being in the, in the belly of this fish for three days and three nights. Jesus himself in Matthew 12 um, talks about when the, when the first we were asking for a sign, he said, the only sign that you'll get is the sign of Jonah. The Jonah, just as Jonah was in the belly of the, of the big fish for three days and three nights, I will be in the, in the grave for three days and three nights. That's right. So Jesus himself accepted this story. And, Je- and this was hundreds of years later. Yep. That Jesus himself would see that and recognize that. But then what happened? After, after, jo- after Jonah prayed... The, the, the great fish vomited him up on the beach. Now, did it hit the beach running to go convince the Ninevites to repent? I don't think so. No, he still was grudging. He was begrudging it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he kept thinking, okay, God is going to give them what they deserve. Yeah. And, he, couldn't and, see, he couldn't see the, the fact that God could be merciful towards his own sin and also just at the same time. He didn't want God's mercy to apply to the Ninevites. He just wanted God's justice, but he sure didn't want God's justice on his own heart. He wanted mercy for himself. That's right. Now, But he did go to Nineveh. And Nineveh was a a large city. You have to to try to comprehend how how large it could seem to be because the breadth of it was was three miles. It would take three days just to cross the breadth. Wow. So the length of it, Big and, city. but Jonah, when he went into the city, he went in at one day. So he walked into the middle of the city, apparently, and he preached. Yep. And he told the Ninevites that in 40 days, disaster would come upon them. Yep. Now he was convincing because now maybe he told them <clears throat> the story of the storm. Maybe he told the story of God's message to him, that God sent him. And that he ran away. He went the other direction. But God changed his mind and God sent a big fish and swallowed him. And he was in the belly of a fish for three days. Yep. And three nights. But then the fish vomited him up on the land and now I'm here. And so he preached for them. And the Ninevites believed. They repented. Yeah. And, and in sackcloth. And they proclaimed a fast. And and they were they were very concerned about God destroying them. Yeah. And they were repented of everything that they had done. That's right. But but here again, now Jonah, we don't know what happened later, but but the, several things happened. The king heard what was going on. He took off his robe and put sackcloth and ashes on. That's right. So he repented as well. That's right. So they changed their minds. They listened to the message. So does Jonah teach us that we should be willing to teach unpopular messages, even if it's dangerous to us? Absolutely. Even though we may not like it. That's right. Or we may be afraid. That's right. Now, maybe Jonah did not like it, and maybe he was afraid at the same time. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I believe that what he had seen convinced him that God needed to punish them as opposed to Tell them about their sin and seek seek their seek repentance. That's right. In fact, and forgive I, them. I think there's a really subtle point here. 
Jonah did not believe that the Ninevites would repent. No. And therefore he believed that God would destroy them because when he preached, he didn't say in 40 days Nineveh may be overthrown. He said in 40 days Nineveh shall be overthrown. He was looking forward to it. That's going to happen. That's why he went up and got on that under that tree to watch it all play out. But they actually <laughs> did repent. That's right. And and down in and and and, and it's the, the profound appearance down in verse ten of of chapter three, when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented mm-hmm. of the disaster that He said He would do to them, and He did not do it. That's right. And that's just like. Uh, when, when, when God said to Moses, I'm, I'm going to go down and kill them all. Mm-hmm. Moses said, no, don't do that. That's right. What do you think the rest of, what do you think the people in Egypt are going to think? That's right. And God relented. He changed his mind. So does that say uh, that God can change his mind when he wants to? Yes. Yep. But is it up to us to try to change his mind? Yes. Yes, I, I believe I believe there's room for that. That's what intercessory prayer is. That's absolutely. I believe that there's room for that, yeah. um, and I believe that we have the right. And that's why I was so amazed that Jonah did not do that. He said, "Okay, then, okay, what are, what's going to happen to them? Mm-hmm. And what do we need to do to change the mind?" But anyway, you're and, and carry the story the story forward. Uh, Jonah was still uh, displeased with all of it. Mm-hmm. He was very upset, so he went out into a different place to sit down to watch what was going to happen. Yeah, he he still believed that God was going to destroy them, and he made a booth for himself. And but also another thing happened, and a, a, a bush came up and covered him. It covered his covered him and he, from the heat of the day. Yeah, but then something happened to the bush. The bush died, and Jonah was very upset about that. Because God sent a very hot wind, and so he yeah. was he was in great distress. Not only was he in distress physically, but also emotionally. That's right. Because he thought that God was going to deliver the the fatal blow to them, the That's coup right. de gras. That's right. What they give them, what they deserved. That's right. We're going to watch this play out, and we're going to. And I'm going to. Be, I have a ringside seat, and I'm going to sit right here, and I'm going to watch it happen. That's right. And he was so mad when God relented that he even said, I'd rather just die yeah, yeah. than watch you forgive Nineveh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and God, God said, who are you? And, and why are you so angry because the bush, the, the plant died? Did you, did you labor there? Did you plant that's it? Right. Did you water it? A worm came that the God sent the worm to destroy the plant. And it was covering Jonah. And so all these things were happening, but he still didn't change his mind. That's right. He was convinced. And then finally, God says to him, finally, in verse 11 of chapter 3, And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left? They didn't, they, didn't they didn't know any better. No, they did not. They only knew how to do one thing, and that's kill people and, and take their, their possessions that's and right. their land. So they were living under numerous generational and epigenetic curses. Absolutely. Of evil begetting evil. 
and God said, somebody needs to go down there and tell them the truth yeah. about who I am. Yeah. And Jonah had a chance to deliver that message with grace, but he yeah. delivered and, it with and then, then, But God also said another thing to Jonah, said, also much cattle. Yeah. So what does that say? God not only was considered, he, he was concerned about the people. He cares about the animals. He could, yeah, he did. He cared about the animals. He could, considered about all, concerned about all of the living beings. His creations. I know he loved Harvey and Lewis. Absolutely. He did. And, and, I, and I don't know. It's, it just seems to me that, and, and I know someone said once upon a time, I think there was a movie or something, All Dogs Go to Heaven or something like that. But I believe that. I believe that there's a place for that because those are God's creations and those are God's creatures. But what does what this, what is that, what is this all say to us? What does it say to us? Sometimes when we make up our mind and we won't change our mind and we harden our heart. And that's exactly what the people, what, G, what the Lord said about the people of Israel. They were, they were stiff-necked and they were hard-hearted and they were a difficult people to deal that's with. That's right. Do we want to be in that place? No. I don't want to be in that place. No. I don't want God saying that about me. Now, do I rebel against God? Of course we do. We all do. And any of it, all the sin, and, and what Jonah did was very clear as well. He rebelled. Yeah. He rebelled against God. But now, can we can justify it all day long if we want to, but the word came, the word of the Lord came to him. That's right. And said, go. That's right. And, and he did not. He, 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 went across, he went to another place. He went the opposite direction. That's right. But anyway, all of this says, says something about, so there, are several, there are several messages here that we need to be mindful of. That One of the things that it was not a whale. No. And I've heard that all my life, that it was a whale. But Scripture tells us that it was a big fish. It was a fish. And it was, God made the fish. Yeah. And, but, and that's good enough for me. Yeah. And if it was good enough for Jesus, that when Jesus said the sign is that was Jonah being in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights and me being in the grave for three days and three nights, that's, right. that's a sign. That's right. And so if Jesus accepted it, what, that settles the matter. The sign of Jonah. That's right. There's no, no, there's no further discussion required. That's right. And, and the other thing that that we need to look at is what really happened to the people. And, and again in chapter 3 and verse 5, and the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. That's they right. believed. So the message was very clear that they believed. And the same thing happened to the sailors. The sailors believed. Yeah. And they prayed to God and made vows to God and sacrificed to God. So several things happened that were very positive in the presence of Jonah. Yeah. And it still he, didn't change his heart. No, he did not. He did not. And, and we, I don't know what happened to him after that. That's right. I, and I don't know... All I know is that he was sitting there waiting for something to happen. He was waiting for the destruction of the Ninevites. 
because that's what, in his heart of hearts, that's what he wanted to happen. That's right. He, did, he, didn't, he was not concerned about their salvation. And that's another point where we need, that's another point that we need to think about is that we need to be concerned about the salvation of other people. Yep. And other nations. Absolutely. And other races. That's right. Because God is. Absolutely. That's the point. God is. And, and, and we know that, that, God, that Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save the To seek and save the lost. That's right. It's interesting to me that this is the only book really, I think, in the whole Bible that doesn't resolve. It just ends uh, with... Yeah. This conversation with God, shouldn't I be concerned about these people? And then, boom, the story's over. Timothy Keller made an interesting point. We don't really know who is telling the story because it's not—it's not Jonah telling the story. He doesn't say, "Hey, I'm Jonah, and here's my story. Let me tell you how bad I was." It's a—it's an unidentified person telling the story, right, of Jonah. And what Keller said that's interesting is, presumably, Jonah must have told people this tale, but he didn't sugarcoat his own behavior. No, he did not. Which that may be hopeful to us because it might mean that later in his life he realized the error of his ways and he told the story as a cautionary tale without making himself look better in the tale. Well, and there's there's many cases of evidence that he repented. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. When he was in the belly of the whale. Yeah. He prayed. Yeah. He had the sailors throw him overboard. So he had a heart to turn back to God. He and did. maybe as age and time passed, maybe he realized God's mercy. He needed God's mercy as much as the Ninevites <laughs> did. Right. And that's they needed right. it too. That's right. that's right. That's exactly right. So maybe he changed his mind after all, Tata. Maybe he did. And that's what we all need to do. We need to change our mind about who we are and who God is. That's right. We can't put ourselves in a position of telling God what he ought to be doing. Absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And if, that, if, that, if, if God said it, that's enough for me. That's right. Now, does all these things that we, that we talked about, uh, and we, we have to say the same thing. Many of these things sound that God, directions that God has given us and, and the teachings of Jesus, they sound hard, they're counterproductive, they're mm-hmm. counterintuitive in yeah. our mind. And, and but we reject them out of hand. we don't reject them out of hand and we, we accept them but we do we put them to practice in our life. That's right. That's right. So how how do we look at what God said? That's right. And if He calls us to something, if you read Scripture and you feel convicted <clears throat> of something, do you filter it through your own wants and desires, or do you just obey? That's right. Well, I think you have to obey, and but, but I think that I think that, that we still have to put on a. And, but it's very simple in, in Paul's mind. He tells us to put on a full armor of God. That's right. And, and all the armor that he talks about is right here. That's right. In the Bible. That's right. In Scripture. And I think we need to. Jonah didn't have the benefit of having Jesus' words, but we need to remember that. Angels in heaven rejoice when one sinner repents. That's right. And we should be concerned about other people's souls. I just read a story today about D.L. Moody. I told you this earlier today. Yeah. We, we, uh, Moody, who started Moody, Moody Bible College and, and Moody Publishers and all these other organizations named who started after him. out as a shoe salesman. Yeah, he was a shoe salesman. But apparently D.L. Moody had a list of 100 people that he wanted to see saved in his lifetime. 
and 96 of them became Christians before he died. And at his funeral, the other four gave their lives to Jesus. That's the power of of persistent prayer. Amen. Amen. We need to love other people, Tata, more than we love our own notions or prejudices or biases. That's right. That's right. And and we and we we have to we have to we have to be like the people of Nineveh. We have to be like the sailors. They changed their minds. Yeah, and they repented and changed their minds. That's right. Well, if we're going to do that. When should we start? Start today. Start today. Hey, thanks for listening. The Dr. Lee Warren Podcast is brought to you by my brand new book, Hope is the First Dose. It's a treatment plan for recovering from trauma, tragedy, and other massive things. It's available everywhere books are sold, and I narrated the audio books. Hey, The theme music for the show is Get Up by my friend Tommy Walker, available for free at TommyWalkerMinistries.org. They are supplying worship resources for worshipers all over the world to worship the Most High God. And if you're interested in learning more, check out TommyWalkerMinistries.org. If you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at WLeeWarrenMD.com slash prayer wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer and go to my website and sign up for the newsletter Self Brain Surgery every Sunday since 2014 helping people in all 50 states and 60 plus countries around the world. I'm Dr. Lee Warren and I'll talk to you soon. Remember friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind and the good news is you can start today. Today.